friends, welcome back to another just gnarly episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. magic. Best friend committing crime magic, time will tell. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who does not treat his horse appropriately. Alex Dantino. <laughs> really went the other way with that one. That's right. Before we delve into Alex's just plethora of equestrian crimes. I got a lot of equus in me, guys. Yeah. Before his equine crimes are put on the stand. A little business, people! Help us! Help us help you. Uh, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. Guys, it's the best way to help the show. It's the best way to make the show exactly what you want it to be. You get in for as little as a dollar a month. You meet our community. See all the cool stuff we're working on. All true. And as you climb the official Highlander tier ranking system, we just start fucking chucking goodies at your mouth. It's like an old country buffet. You just lay back and we're going to grease you up. We'll put the bib on you and just boom, boom, boom. You won't even, you'll have to roll out of our Patreon. That's how stuffed you're going to be with goodness. We got commentaries, votes on exclusive episodes. You can pick your own double feature, uh, miniseries, all kinds of cool stuff coming down the pipe. We work very hard to make sure our Patreon is worthwhile uh, for our community. So if you have uh, the ability to support us, it would mean the world to us. That's patreon.com slash pod. A very important, free, easy, and cheap thing you can do to help the pod. Leave us a rating and review everywhere you find the pod. Five star sentence or two about why you like us helps us defeat the algorithmic stepdad just on his rowing machine judging the shit out of us. I'll yes? say this: if <laughs> any for the this is the month of August for mm -hmm. all of you who do this, if you write a review, I will shout you out in September on the pod for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, get your uh, I will give you guys. pod get love. <laughs> Prepare to be deluged with love from every direction. Just get your poncho. Yeah, gagoosh. That's going to be you guys. Uh, so, yeah, write the ratings and reviews. Please get gagooshed. Uh, go to YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, Phil Malcolmist. You can see this just fucking tough mustache I'm rocking now. Uh, make sure you Stop email that. the show. It's it's pretty fucking good. PhilMalcolmistPod at gmail.com. You can hit us on all the social media. On uh, We love to hear from you guys. We would really appreciate if you'd share the show around. Uh, hit up your movie-loving friends. Have them join the goddamn party <laughs> right enough of that shit we're not here for that shit we're here to kill stepdads and forge everlasting friendships in thoroughbreds uh tonight's movie <laughs> in our the pod done did it curation the pod did it the pod done did it i can't remember our exact phrasing we'll decide by the end of the show but the pod yeah. done it i think is what we call it. uh this month our curation are about films where people are carrying out crimes we know that they did the crimes, and part of the adventure is watching to see how they're going to cover their tracks or maybe get away with it. So Thoroughbreds is a movie. It's a newer movie. I remember seeing this movie in theaters and just being totally under the spell of this film. Yep. The acting is great. The writing is fucking razor sharp. Yep. The music is wonderful. Uh, the visual language of the film is very strong. It... it it plays very much like a stage production, it but it actually for the weaponizes uh, the camera and visual language extremely well. You know, five to ten times every time I watch this movie, I'm just like, damn, I love that shot. Like, what a great 
storytelling image. Um, so I, I adore this movie. I knew we were going to get to this movie eventually, and I'm glad it's now. Alex, hit us up with your opening thoughts on Thoroughbreds. Yeah, I love Thoroughbreds. Like, this was such a great movie. Like, we actually, this is the last movie we saw before you moved. That's right. In the theater. That's right. We went together, and then we said farewell. Farewell, friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it floored me when we saw this. Like, I thought it was just... It's so smart. And yeah, like it does that thing that not a lot of movies like this can do, which is it's clear because actually I read it was written as a play originally. So it makes total sense, which makes a lot of sense. It's very, you know, it's a very talky movie, which is fine, by the way. But yeah, the um, the camera work in this movie is what makes this for me like there is it's and it's not like. It's not like, you know, we're not doing the shining on steady cam. This is more like <laughs> it's almost the absence of camera work in a lot of ways. Like it's just holding on shots, which is really good. Yeah. I mean, that's really beautiful. And then yeah, I mean, like, God, dude, Olivia Cook and Anya Taylor Joy are just fucking magnetic, man. I yeah. cannot like you can like you are just drawn in by these folks. And then the yeah. a- the addition of Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, is Bummer, dude. Easily one of like it's easily one of my other than Green Room probably one of my favorite roles from him because he's just yeah. again he's just so primed to do it and he's just he's so committed to the beat. Yeah. I uh, a lovable pedophile man. What a what yeah, a reach. it's weird again like this whole movie. <laughs> I is, don't know that I'd say you're you're rooting for him, but it's like come on man, you could have been so much more. <laughs> well, like yeah, you're like I think what's interesting is like you're rooting for him to not do. <laughs> Not do bad things. You're like, this guy seems like a good guy. Like, yeah. Granted, then you find out it's kind of a pedo. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's a- <laughs> not my thing. Sorry. Yeah. But he's just so goddamn lovable. It, it really is like a, a grotesquerie to behold. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I think to your point, man, one of the things I love about this is that it kind of has almost like a super Wes Anderson vibe camera work wise. Right. Yeah, they they love to set us up as if we're looking on a stage, but the way they place them around, right, the blocking of the scenes, I, it just feels really smart, right? It's yeah. it's one of those I, I notice it constantly, but appreci- in an appreciative way. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like, why are they doing that? That's an unmotivated move, blah blah. I I just I love the way this this film moves, right? Yeah. And then the scenes where they'll just hold, right? We'll do these long holds. And we'll let some form of audio kind of track us and tense us up as we're walking around the, the world yeah. with these characters. Um, let me start with this. Are you team stepdad or team murder kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I would love to meet the person who is team stepdad. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm aging into it. Like, this guy is a for real cock. Yeah. Like like a for real cock. I do think I'm to the point now though, I'm like, I think the kids are equally fucking horrible. I mean This is not the lopsided uh, battle like the Goonies from when I first I mean, saw I don't it. know if you remember this when we saw this, but I remember us walking out and being like, Man, everyone deserved to die to die in that movie. <laughs> like I remember not being like and I thought this today when I watched it, like, I'm not sure I'm team anybody like again this is a movie that does a good job of making you sympathize with a fucking pedo so as far as i'm concerned 
Yeah. You know, that is like <laughs> the fact that the least yeah, offense. Yeah, sympathy's per- not the right word. It's just it's a tragedy that the fact a boy that- was such a light in him. <laughs> Ended I, up being a diddler. And maybe it's partly because Anton Yelchin Anton died. Do you Yeltsin think the died. PR guy for the new Jeepers Creepers movie <laughs> was just like, this is my favorite movie? Can you imagine there's still a guy like, hey, man, forget about all the fucking many broken children behind Jeepers Creepers. You guys want to see the new shitty reboot? <laughs> that guy's job sucks. That guy probably is like, man, if only my daughter had a fucking serial I couldn't killer tell. Either. I couldn't tell if it was today or like because <laughs> the, the first time like we saw this and then I don't think I watched it until we watched it today. Yeah. Uh, for this, I I couldn't tell if it was because like you just have that nostalgia for Anton Yelchin mm-hmm. because I did think about that. I'm like maybe I just want Anton Yelchin to make more movies. So I'm like, oh, he's so good in this and Green Room. Like, why can't he still be alive to make movies? But so wonderful. I do think, yeah, sympathy's not the right right word. I think, and like, you can't really root for him, but there is this like level no. of like, oh man, you can pull yourself up out of the gutter and not be a creep, but he you probably is won't. The but. one criminal in the movie that you're like, this guy is in so far over his fucking head. That's a good. That's it right there. That's the way to put it. He he's just seems like, so much more haphazard so and pitiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me let's start here. Right. This is, a, this is a movie with a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And I, I love the opening with the horse and just grabbing the knife, and then we never see it again, right? Yeah. Uh, just one of my favorite little openings. At what point do you think that uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, whatever her name is, that character, mm-hmm. um, at what point do you think she's laying the trap for this to happen? Because watching it again today, there's a small part of me that wondered if this plan was set in action before the movie even started. She knew this girl when she was young. Mm-hmm. She heard about the horse and began to set this in motion. Right? When do you think? Because they, they hint it that there's that one scene, right? Where she goes to bed, she closes her eyes, she wakes up, she hears the ergomatic. Yeah. You know, which, by the way, for parents, that's a really clever thing to just put that sound on loop when you're fucking beating cheeks. And it's like, no, no, I'm rowing. I swear to God. I'm not humping your mom on the bed your dad paid for. I swear to God. But anyway, she hears that and opens her eye up. And then next thing you know, she's like, hey, let's have a sleepover and I'll pretend to drown. And then I got you. When do you think she's laying the trap in this film? I think um, so. This there's the scene where um, there's a scene where finally, like, the veils lifted a little bit. Like mm. when when Anya Taylor-Joy literally st- like. Because Olivia Cook's character finally was like, can you just tell the truth? Like, mm-hmm. this is taking forever. And mm-hmm. finally, just like, they have this like great exchange about like Olivia Cook's character smelling. That to yeah. me is like the indicator. I'm like, I think this is where she knew she could get away with it. Like, that, like, before was like when the first scene, ha- the first scene between them happens, because it's so on the nose where she talks about you know, she can't feel anything and basically describing her sociopathy. And you're like, eh, like it's not that it's not interesting, but it's one of those things you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, but 
watching it again and getting deeper, I feel like that's the scene when they finally, when the veil's lifted and they finally both agree, like, okay, like one of us here is different than the other, but Anya Taylor joy is the one who's actually keeping the secret still. Okay. Now that's a good point. Cause to me, right. She says right away, right. By the second lesson, she's like, Oh, I didn't charge your mom. I didn't need to. Right. Am I to fucking believe that this child is like, yeah, I'll tutor the girl I haven't seen since my dad's funeral. Everyone hates her, and now she's a fucking horse butcherer. Right. We're just supposed to believe that the, you know, the mom and every the mom's not really doing a good job in this movie of forging that bond with her daughter. But I was just like the 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 conceit of the film that this girl was just a scholarly little tutor looking out for her pal, right? And she does the best thing, and then she's won over with true friendship. I find impossible, right? Because she essentially Anya Taylor Joy is playing Angelica from Rugrats, yes. but like grown up, and a new dad's come in to like fucking clap it with the mom, and now she's like, "Revenge is my only fucking food." Right. Um. And this girl becomes her Cynthia doll, right? <laughs> like she weaponizes a murderer. Nice. Um. I I think she's full of shit from the start. I think this is an absolute setup, right? I mean, I think she's she full of shit from about- the start. I think that's when she realizes she can do it, though. Oh, see, I th- I think before that first email set with the price, mm-hmm. and I think specifically she lies about not charging the mom, because I think she knows, man. I think she's fucking circling her this whole movie. Because there's the part when she says, my brain is fine, it just doesn't have feelings in it. And she's like, it doesn't make me a bad person, it just means I have to work way harder to be good. And I think that's the 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 kind of conceit of this film right is that there is this this setup and expectation that the girl who butchered a fucking horse who talks about (laughs) having to hack the horse's neck so much right that the knife got dull so she could fucking american history x the horse after she gave it illegal black market drugs to have low quality control it's snapping its fucking legs like a fucking you know used car lot balloon guy and then she's like, yeah, I just hopped on it and fucking, you know, had a punchella or whatever to fucking stab it and then cut its head. Like, of course, we're all like, yeah, that is the one. Like, we get it. Right. Right. I have to work hard to be good. Well, it's right? not even that. She says I just and have I to think, work a little harder at it. Right. But I think if you're watching it as they're, they're setting expectations, you're like, yep, that's the one. She's the one. And they kind of hint at throughout the journey that – She's not afraid to even talk about the the concept of this murder. Right. But I think if you watch it closely, I think you'll see that that the movie's almost telling us is that these extra emotions and expectations we have that they they become these fucking cloak and dagger operations against everyone else in our lives. Right. I mean, actually my question at the beginning was do you think do you think that's just what Olivia Olivia Cook's character decides? Like she's been to the shrink and the shrink, like she even says she's like the shrink just picks whatever she's like. She literally picks a page from the DSM five and decides that's what I am to that week. My, my thing. And I, I don't know, like watching it today, my contention ended up being like, is it possible that all this, I don't feel things. I don't have those kinds of feelings like that to me. That's something like, that's something teenagers kind of try to say. Like, I mean, like when, you know, when you're with fucking emo teenagers, they always try to be like, 
I have no feelings. Right. That, but again, this gets back to the core, right? In high school, we're all fucking liars. Yeah. And our biggest fear is that anyone will see anything true about ourselves and that right. that diminishes this character we're making, right? So my question was always through the entire movie this time, like, <laughs> is Olivia Cook's thing a put on like the entire time? No. See that no? that I don't I no? I think she I think she is the bedrock with which we stand and look at every other mirage in the film. Okay. I think she's the one fucking true thing that we experience. Everyone else is a put on or a lie in some way. Right. Right? You could also say that the second most honest character in the film is the fucking douchey stepdad. Yeah. I mean, right? he's, he's pretty much a douche. Doesn't stray he's from that. He's the one who's like, my stepdaughter fucking sucks. Right? I'm more interested in the house and the rowing and the fucking steaks and juice, whatever, right? He's kind of like a tennis-loving Jordan Peterson type, this guy, right? Um, he just doesn't have emotional crying fits on, on social media. Good God. But that's essentially who he's playing, right? It's like, Make your bed and go to the fucking naughty girl school. Brr, my dad hits me with mouth. Right. And I, I think the movie does this kind of subtle trick where we're, we're watching Anya Joy Taylor and assuming that she is this this victimized girl, right? She lost her father. This mean stepdad's coming in. Right. Other than being verbally abrasive to both of them, right? And he grabs her when she has a cigarette. But I think by the end of the movie, you're like, it's very conceivable that she's lying about how bad that hurts to try to get Olivia Coleman's care or Olivia, whatever, mm. to run out and fucking stab her dad with the knife. Like, oh, he's hurting me. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't I, disagree with that. But I also there, there's an openly doucheness to him. Yeah. Right. His lies are the fucking put on of the fitness and the, the this and that. Right. But I, I think I think truth in this movie is a really interest. I think they do a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of horse imagery and then that loops into chess. Right. right. There's all these, you know, people moving around the chessboard. There's a lot of chicanery going on. But I think that. Um, God, I cannot remember any character's name in this. Olivia. Olivia Olivia's Cook's character is Olivia's Cook character, I think, is the 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 true bottom beneath our feet okay and everyone else is pretty up to interpretation okay i mean i feel like there's yeah you're probably right <laughs> like it's one of those things where like i i did try watching it through this lens of like maybe maybe olivia cook's character is just full of shit and not and just like putting this whole thing on but here's why because again it's like you want to try to find the truth in this movie because everyone's sitting there the entire time speaking their own version of the truth but i do think what's happening in the movie that's more and again like when we find out at the end but anya taylor joy's character spends so much time that's the true like that's the that's so weird. Like, I really, really wanted to like. I really wanted to think that Olivia Cook was just like a full of shit teenager. <laughs> I guess it's such but a strange I think thing. You stumbled into something that I thought in the movie, right? Because there's this line at the end when she's revealed as like this uber villain, right? Like, I got rid of him. I'm I'm here for a college meeting, right? Whatever. 
And she's like, you know, Amanda sent me a letter, right? And we get to hear her talk, right? And again, she sounds very much like a person who's not rattled by her current status, right? Right. And her character just says, you know, I threw the letter away. I threw her away. I threw this girl away like I didn't even care. And I think there is this, the off-puttingness of Amanda's character is that she cuts directly through all the niceties and lies. Sure. Like, imagine, we probably never actually met someone like this. I know a lot of people that are like, hey, man, I'm hard to handle because all I say is fucking true stuff. Yeah, those people are wrong. They're always the most full of shit people, right? Correct. Their true stuff is like, I don't want to be racist, but. Yeah. You know what people I mean? Who's, people who say they speak the truth are just people who don't want to have. They're, they're people who want to avoid consequences yeah. for saying shitty things. I'm just saying, if you ever hear someone like, hey, man, I'm brutally honest. I'm brutally honest. I'm, I'm an open That book, means they're man. brutally dumb and fucking run away. I'll tell you what I really think. I mean, yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> like when that starts coming up, you just fucking I mean, bolt. her body isn't her choice. I don't know. I'm just here to fucking say the hard stuff <laughs> oh, that you're all too afraid for. You know, Alchemist, that very guy. political show. Welcome. I, I'm doing a riff on a different guy that's not me. Real but time saying, with Josh Griffey. Here we go. How fucking dare you? <laughs> How dare you? But I bet it has a better paycheck. So my house has been a good show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go on there and talk some shit. Betray my audience after decades. It's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm just saying, right? We don't we don't ever hang out with people. You know, how many times are you in public and like you might whisper under your breath like this fucking guy needs some deodorant, right? right. This fucking guy. What's his problem? But for the most part, we're trained, right? That the societal wheels are greased by let it slide. Don't rock the boat. And it's very rare you just sit down with a person and just specifically tells you the truth exactly as it exists. And there's that scene at the start when she's like, wow, you hate your dad. Yeah. You hate that guy. And she just stands up. She's like, oh, uh, you know, because she's like, oh, no, you're cutting to the fucking chase a little too quick. I don't like it. Uh. And it's, I think that's the thing, right? right? Is the girl who's painted as the classic Norman Bates, whoever, right? They can't differentiate. Right. So what you're talking about is really what this movie ends up being is less about, (laughs) because we already know they're going to, we already know they did it. If anybody gets killed, they definitely did it. I guess what it ends up being, and when you really think about it, is it ends up being this like sort of cat and mouse between these yeah. two like if you if you really want to get into it, it yeah it ends up being this cat and mouse between olivia cook and anya taylor joy's character although you don't realize it until the end of the movie i think that's what makes thoroughbred so interesting on a rewatch is yeah. when you realize that maybe that's what the movie is rather than it just being about like a murder plot sort of thing in the vein of like some other movies we've watched this month like lady abulique like there's this level of cat and mouse that Anya Taylor Joy's unwittingly playing with Olivia Cook. And I don't think Olivia Cook's character necessarily I I don't know how you feel about this. I do not think Olivia Cook's character knows she's being set up at all. Okay, so that's a little bit where maybe we differ on how we're watching it, right? Cuz for me, Anya Taylor Joy is like a hawk circling these. Like why does she leave the party specifically when the pedophile drug dealer's leaving? That's a useful idiot. A useful that's a useful fucking diddler I can weaponize, right? Right. Why does she go back to Olivia after she's kind of negged her by, hey man, don't bring bad stuff around me? I there there's a part of me that thinks 
Olivia Cook's character is way ahead of the game. And that maybe they are fascinated by the watching her try to tiptoe around it, right? The, wow, you actually have said something honest to me. I think she, I, I think she's a little hipper than she lets on, right? Anya, Anya Joy Taylor is, is putting on a good performance, right? Like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, oh, I don't know, I don't know. She's also the fucking captain of this fucking ship, right? To me, it's that scene when she's at the bottom of the pool holding her breath. Yeah. She looks up and smiles and then pretends she can't breathe and watches Olivia Cook swim down. I think there's something in her that, oh, I have found a way to hook this person. Because that's the thing. Olivia Cook doesn't have feelings per se, right? Right. Somehow, though, through the course of the movie, we see specifically that that's not true. Somehow she develops a real bond with this other girl. Yeah. Whatever I mean, I think it is. Yeah, it's an affinity for someone who's willing to tolerate you, essentially. But do you think it's friendship or f- morbid fascination, whatever that bond is? I mean, I think it's probably a little column A, a little column B, to be honest with you. Yeah, because like, the swimming in the bottom of the pool feels like, oh, I want to help my friend. The chugging the screwdriver feels like, uh, I'm pretty fascinated to see where this goes. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, when you get to that moment, that's always something that I just a fucking powerhouse of a ball. Oh. It's a great scene. <laughs> like, but that like, but to me, this is what this is why I feel like Olivia Cook's character This is why Amanda is sort of this unwilling participant. Like she's being set up in a way that she doesn't realize because I you, the whole movie you're under the impression that, yeah, Amanda's a little bit ahead of the game than everybody else. It's when the rug comes out underneath from underneath us at the very end. Cause like that, I think is the, like everything Amanda does from it's the way she speaks, the way she acts like when, like the first scene you have with, um, fucking Mark, the stepdad, mm-hmm. that scene where he's like, where they're watching a movie and he's like, I'd like to talk to you in the other room. Like that back and forth repartee is that to me is very revealing. Because you don't expect, I guess for me, like you would not expect Anya Taylor Joy's character to like go back and forth with him like that. You expect her to be like more hostile, but it's almost like these. Two, it's almost like Olivia Cook and Anya Taylor Joy's characters are just feeding off each other to mm-hmm. get the to get this guy out of the room, essentially. Right. But I love the way that scene shot too, right? Because he comes in and he's like looming in the foreground, and yeah. he splits the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then as they start to go, it's these one shots where they're sharing that middle of the screen. Yep. You know, playing back and forth because they were doing the technique, right? That's a, that's a beat I love, right? The tricking yourself to cry, right? It comes back a couple times in the movie. Yeah. But I thought that was a really cool beat later in the film, right? When uh, Anton Yelch's character wakes up with the head wound, they're like, you fucked up. You got a head wound. Like, that's what happened. Right now, those two are in the foreground and he's diminished and tiny in front of them. Right. They're growing as this like fucking unified monster. Right. Um, So I I love the visual language of this film. Neither here nor there. But it is like, let me walk you through this, though. Right. Right. Why thoroughbreds? Why is the title of the movie thoroughbreds? What are the there's a lot of fucking horse talk in this. (laughs) And I find it kind of fascinating to examine sometimes why the movie's called this. Right. Sure. You could argue that Amanda is not a thoroughbred. Or maybe she is, right? Maybe because she doesn't have the extra stuff, she's just a Terminator. Right? 
is Anya Taylor-Joy's character, the thoroughbred, right? We get that whole horse dream at the end of the film. We right. see her moving, you know, uh, rooks around on a chessboard. She's drawing horses. She's really torn up about, on some level, she sympathizes and has like a deep well of sadness over what she did to that fucking horse. Even if she can't feel it, she knows there's a void there that she should feel something. And I think that's where this fucking uh, death spiral relationship really fucking festers. Right. Why thoroughbreds? I mean, I've thought about that since we saw it. I'm like, this is, I don't really understand exactly what it is, but maybe what, this is my best estimation is Amanda and fuck Amanda and Lily. Lily is Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Amanda and Lily know who they are. We find out later on that Lily is very aware of who she is and what she is. Even if they lie to each other, they even, know exactly who Even they are. lying to each other in the outside world, they know right. themselves very well. So to mm-hmm. me, what Thoroughbreds is, is like we've been talking about this whole time, the truth. It's about mm-hmm. addressing the truth within yourself. So like Mark, even, even you know Anton Yelchin's character, Tim, like those guys don't necessarily address the truth about their situation, the truth of who they are. They're putting on this facade. Like even at the end when you get to like, Middle midway th- when you when you meet Anton Yelchin's character, he literally gives this whole thing and I'm like fucking it's so fun. As he's just like, I'm gonna fucking few years, I'm gonna run, run this game. thing, run this game <laughs> up and down the coast. Like he gives it, and you meet him at the end, and he's literally a fucking valet. You're like, dude, all when right. She tells him, uh, well, you could drive your nice car around to tell your neighbors the reason you fucked that kid is because you're too afraid to talk to people your own age, and he just jumps around. I was like damn that's the shit i'm talking about no one actually says true shit to you like that right so like to me because (laughs) lily and amanda are the uh, are the even if they're not honest with everyone 100 percent of the time because they're honest with themselves about what they are and who they are that's what makes them thoroughbreds so a thoroughbred and horse right runs fast fucks hard makes other more powerful i believe a thoroughbred is a is a pure breed if yeah. I remember correctly, they make stronger I, glue. Yeah, like they're just like a they're better like stock that, of horse. that's what like that's what they make like that gorilla glue out of. Rather than <laughs> whatever has the infomercial with that fucking one eyed guy who's not around anymore. The yeah. shit where you can put a tape and it like holds a boat up afloat, right? Exactly. That's what thoroughbreds that's, are. That's what thoroughbreds are made of. But I, I think her dream, right, is that people forget to eat. They get sucked in the internet. Their houses fall to ruins, mm-hmm. and the horses just run and fucking eat, and that's all they do. I think the thoroughbreds in this movie being the two girls are they're the two characters that by the end of the film just aren't really hiding. Right. They're doing exactly what they were wanting to do the whole time. Right. Anya Taylor joy at the start or Lily trying to pretend she's this. I'm just a nice tutor. I'm a good girl. Then we find out she plagiarized. She's getting kicked the fuck out. Yeah. She's smoking in the kitchen. She grabs that fucking wooden knife. Like she's Carrie's mom. She's like, well, I got work to do. Right. Right. I took a shower. I'm ready to murder Mark in the kitchen. It's like, what the fuck? But she's not right. This is all a fucking ploy. Right. And by the end of the film, this is kind of the hinge moment, right? That we talked about is the them in the the living room, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll save that for a minute. But I think there is this. <laughs> there's another moment before that, right? When she's playing chess and she talks to her about the horse. Right. Right. Also, do we think it's suspicious that 
Uh, Lily just picked a passage about horse and then goes, oh, horse, I bet you don't want to talk about that. Wink. Not sure it's suspicious. I think it's predicted. Don't be suspicious. Once you spend enough time watching this movie and and function under the labor under the assumption that probably it's a setup for Olivia Cook's character, the movie becomes and again, I didn't think about this when we saw it in the theaters, but watching it today, like it becomes so much more interesting when you start watching it from that lens because things become there's a lot about like there's again, there's a like it really morphs Olivia Cook's performance for the viewer when you think about um, Anya Taylor-Joy being the one who's definitely setting it up. She's the psychopath of the film, right? For sure. But Olivia Cook's role becomes like that, I think it was the old Einstein film, right? Where the guy stares blankly at the camera, right? And if you put a starving child after that, he looks like he's sad. You know, if you put something happy, he looks like he's happy. It's literally the exact same face over and over again, right? It's this right. old like film school, like, the power of juxtaposed images, right? Is that a Sergei Eisenstein thing? I think so. I can't remember who did it. But yeah, it's like one of those things you always talk about in film school, right? But I think that's what she becomes in the film, right? And in the chess scene, right, where she's talking about what she did to the horse. She's like, I had this horse for a long time. My mom's emotionally fickle and weak. I wanted to kill this horse humanely. Again, it starts fucking, you know fucking slappy arming like it's a fucking cthulhu monster it's shaking i'm fucking hacking at it you know what i mean like it's a not dry enough it's log. a gnarly I'm story it. horrifying there's this slow push in on lily's character right yeah and again i think this is goes back to that fucking film experiment of the juxtaposed you know what we're hearing and imagining in our brain in this girl's face i think we are supposed to see this feminine slight young innocent character we think right with a big bad stepdad and she looks like she's scared i think it's important that she's wearing the sunglasses right the the heart-shaped sunglasses if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be like she's really scared of this story right it ends with that fucking spinal snap to like snap the audience back in to me when i heard the snap today that was like the eureka moment is that she's getting fucking wop from this story (laughs) She's listening to this story and she's like, God, I want to do that to Mark so bad. I want to just hack into Mark's spinal column and fucking get a stiletto in there and snap that fucking (laughs) Rowan head off. You know what I mean? She can't fucking wait to do that to Mark. Because then she just goes over and she's like, well, I think we we can do it, right? The two of us. You'd be really good at it. But, like, she's trying to massage her. And you can see Amanda fucking walks away because she knows. She's like, fuck that. Right. She she knows something's amiss. Right. This is I have to work hard to be good. She knows something's wrong. Right. I watched that the first time and I'm like, she's seeing someone who's able to do stuff. We're not. And she's scared. Right. That's the scary thing about murderers is like, wow, there are people that can just go places and do things that normal people can't. And that's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I I think that scene is showing us that she's the one, not Amanda. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, when you meet, I've done a lot of these murder shows in my, uh, <laughs> in my career as a yeah. production manager. And yeah, when you meet people who, there's, where was one guy in particular? If you ever, if you ever watch a show called um, Kids Behind Bars, Life for Parole, mm-hmm. there's an episode we did in Wyoming about a guy who literally 
burned his house down with his mm-hmm. stepmom and his two step uh, brothers in it. Mm-hmm. We met this guy in prison. Like we interviewed him. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Like he literally is one of these people who actually lacks empathy. Like it's yeah, it's a, it's because a, again, like when you see it in movies like this, it is very like disturbing because you're like, oh shit, like that's really awkward. When you see it in real life, it's very. It's so it's so disarming and uncomfortable. Like, right? Because again, think, uh, we throw it around like it's everywhere. Right. So you probably have never met anyone who truly no is like that. Absolutely not. So like, I think that's what makes it's what this is the and I think this is what makes me always think that like Olivia Cook's character is like deeply emotional. Actually, is because it's so hard to fathom someone like that. So like when she says that at the front of the movie, you're like is this just a teenager thing? Like, again, I, I come back to this, like, it's so hard to fathom because, and even in yeah. a movie, like yeah. a fictional film, it's still hard to fathom just because we're in such a, it's so weird, but right by the end, you do realize like, Oh no, she was telling the truth, but like, so was technically Anya Taylor joy, like the entire time, like she, not being. Yeah. That, just being she's more a under the rug piece of shit yeah she's she thinks she's got one over on her the question becomes did amanda know the whole time and just say yeah fuck it i'm in trouble already man i'm see, going down anyways see and i know that you and i differ see, on this here's one. here's the thing right when she does the like when you held me at my father's funeral and we cried were you doing the technique and she goes yeah wasn't that good i think that's amanda being like yeah see i tried really hard right like that was a nice thing. I think Anya is building a case, right? Lily's building a case in her mind for why she's going to burn this bitch down too. Right? She's like, she you think really? I, I think she is fucking know, horrendous. Man. The entire film. I, when I went back to watch it today, I literally don't think there's a genuine moment for her in the whole film. Except for that, whatever happens upstairs when we're watching Sleepy Time. Interesting. I even think she is faking when she comes back down and lays with her. I think she is writing her own narrative of why this should matter. How she's going to justify to herself that she does that. Why does she tell Antron Yelich's character, I'm glad you didn't come back. Like, I'm really glad you have evaded this why she's not like what the fuck we know she's lying about you know her friend did it or whatever but why add that detail because she's just fucking getting off on all this man well i mean i think you just said it right there like that to me is why like i think it's this is something that like they always talk about with like uh like psychopaths and uh serial killers is like serial killers can't resist the urge to like kind of like not reward themselves but definitely like to return to the scene of the crimes like they talked a lot about like ted bundy used to literally go to the scenes of the crimes he would commit while they were like you know while the coroner was there and that kind of shit so like to me it makes total sense that she'd start dropping hints and that saying those kinds of things like that would make that that makes her the true psychopath yeah but i I mean that that's the true story of the film right is watching her emerge she sees because that's the thing she even uses that phrase right it's only awkward if you make it awkward or only weird if you make it weird she has adopted 
fucking Amanda's lingo, right? She's trying to become more like her. Right. But what we don't realize that Amanda, while she was empty, right? It doesn't make me bad. I just have to work harder to be good. She was not this empty, horrifying vessel. Her friend was, right? Like when this, because this is the stepdad thing, team stepdad. When he fucking goes in on her and he's like, you suck. You literally can't imagine anyone else's point of view. We are all just your maids, your servants, your valets, your cleaning ladies. We're all just these little offshoots of what we can do to make your life function easier or better to worship you, essentially. And he goes, you need to get fucking kicked around a little bit by life. Fuck you. You're off my payroll, princess. Again, he's not a wildly sympathetic character. Sure. He's fucking right. She's a terrible fucking human. I don't think anybody's ever going to debate the fact that these two are very privileged and deserve to get their asses kicked a little bit by life. Like, sure, sure. <laughs> right? That part like, is, you're like, that's neither feel, here nor there. You don't feel terrible that either of them are struggling, but you're like, this is just a guy who, in his words, is not very kind to everyone around him, right? Right. He's an emotionally abrasive and possibly abusive guy. But again... We're only seeing those key moments where he's mostly dealing with her. And the one time he's screaming at his wife, his fucking face is all busted up because she fucked his bike up. Right. And so not a great moment, but, you know, he's fucking (laughs) suffering. Right. He's fucking in trauma. He could be all doped up. But again, this is the other thing you have to start doing with the movie. How much of that? Because they'll show something like that. And then they cut to her. With her beautiful giant eyes all curled up on the little window seat. Like, well, it's scary in this house. This house is scary. Even though she's the one who fucking almost put him in traction. That scene when he's hitting tennis balls and she's just watching him like a fucking condor. Like a fucking bird of prey. I'm telling you. I'm not saying the stepdad's a good guy. He was not wrong. And you know what? Amanda agreed. Because she goes, yeah, empathy's not your strong suit. (laughs) I mean, it again, it's one of those that I don't I'm disagree. Saying. I'm just I, saying. Like the he pivotal. Knew, he, he saw that something was missing. Well, like the pivotal scene in the movie. Okay, so this is the pivotal scene in the movie when the murder actually happens. Yep. So, which is, by the way, like the fact that we don't talk about this movie enough is shocking to me because it's like one of the best, like, set the camera that. down and let things happen. Like, yeah. goddamn, dude. That is the the just a textbook kind of Jaws, right? What we don't see is way more awesome. Oh, it's so much worse. Like, I mean. It's so perfectly, like, sparse. Right. I agree, though, that Anya Taylor-Joy's character, when she comes back down, she's, like, covered in blood, and then she starts, she starts, like, you know, she she slathers uh, Olivia Cook's character up, and. uh, It is the moment where you're like, how fucking dopey are these coroners? Yeah. They're like, so she grabbed her own face like this a couple times. Okay. I'm so own- glad you said that. Cause every time I see this, like <laughs> the tw- two times I've watched the movie, like when we saw it in the theater, I was like, someone's going to know, right? Like that well, is also, like, she's covered in blood lays on a white couch next to her. Yeah. I don't like, care how much you fuck. Like what? Also, I had to Google this, that fucking row hypnol, whatever it is that she took. Yeah. That shit stays in your system for days. Yes. 
Like, they didn't run a toxicology report on her when they found her passed the fuck out at the cross. <laughs> like, when did she call us in a day later? And the coroner's like, well, this happened 32 hours ago. No big deal. She's probably just sleeping and snacking and pooping. You know, classic murderer <laughs> stuff. I think we've I think we've established that the police in this Massachusetts town or Connecticut or wherever it is right. are not good. Well, and okay, also, so this is the defense I'll give the story, right? The story armor is. She's already someone who scares them because she's different. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they she want even to says brand that her themselves. as the psychopath they think she is right. just because she makes them uncomfortable with their lies. Right? right. Well, she even says that herself. She's like, I'm a prime suspect if he gets murdered. Like 1,000%. Yeah. So we get, yeah. that's like why Anton Yelchin gets brought in in the first place. Yeah. So the fact – because, like, yeah, the screwdriver beat is so good. Like, because yeah. – and, you know, I mean, that is the part where you're like, oh, there is this – Deep down underneath all this shit, there is some emotion. It's not necessarily like love or friendship or anything like that. There is one thing, though, that she worked really hard at, and that was to care enough about this other person. I wondered about that, too, right? Because essentially, like, Lily's character is doing the, like, do you ever stop and just think about how fucking useless you are? Like, that's a normal thing you would ever say to your friend. That's like, a terrible fucking yeah, thing to say to you, your friend. You kind of yes. suck. If one of us had to, like, you know, get thrown into a volcano virgin style like you, right? Like, obviously you. She's not covering her tracks well at all. No. Like, she sucks. And she does the, <laughs> hey, stop drinking the screwdriver. I just happen to have Rohypnol, right? what the fuck like that's a hardcore fucking medication that's it i just uh, happened to do this and i was gonna kill my stepdad and put the knife on you after i planted the seeds of how useless you are right right i wonder if it's emotion or just stone cold logic that when she says it so logically like you are the one who will never get joy right Right. if i go away a fucking person who experiences all the highs and lows even though I'm a fucking horrible murder machine. Okay. I think she just sees the logic and that's why she downs the drink. I have to. Okay. I, I'm thinking about this now. because You just mm-hmm. fucking jarred something loose. I have to. I have to retract where I think this story, like where I think Lily sets Amanda up. I think Lily sets Amanda up. With the horse. Here's why. You think she fucking replaced the black market drugs? <laughs> yes. Because she literally was like, I put some rohypnol in there. Like I put like she's like, don't drink it. There's rohypnol in there. She was very certain that that shit would work. And fucking Olivia Cook downs the entire drink. Yeah. I think she had this girl set up. From you Jump think Street, she dude. went out and like fucking uh, Tanya Harding her horse? She fucking Tanya Harninged. <laughs> this horse i'm sorry honeymoon you have to die so mike can fuck that is absolutely what happened holy shit yes and then she just happens to be sending out query notes like hey does anyone have a blood-soaked teen that needs a tutor like it's fine no she knew that this was the person who was gonna do it i know because that's what it is a fisherman sees another fisherman from far off she knew she could set game recognized game. That's where game recognized game. She, she even set said, this bitch right? up. She goes, no, you're a good friend to Amanda. And Amanda goes, I'm a skilled imitator. I think Amanda's telling us I'm not really your friend. I wanted to pass the time. Right. And I think her letter at the end, right. Which is 
you're giving me a screwdriver, my face turns into a horse, and all that comes out is nays, is because they are talking the language of the thoroughbred, right? They both know exactly what they are. Game. She knows that she's a murdering piece of shit now. Sure. She knows that she also is like her, and she just goes, you know what? It's fine. I'm out. This is exhausting. It's all going to go bad anyways. Like, you're just going to keep doing this to me. I'll just go fucking knit and draw horses on my – or picture of this horse. <laughs> right? This okay. avatar for the majestic beating heart that I don't have apparently. Right, right. But the shot of the slow push in and just like we see all the commotion and the murder and the back – love that shit. Yeah. Oh, love no. That, that, shit. that is like an all-timer shot. Like, that's some beautiful mm-hmm. shit right there. But here's what – I think Anya Taylor Joy comes back and like snuggles with her because it's a lie. game recognized game. It's like you were a worthy opponent and now you are going to going yeah. away. I think it's one of those where she's just, maybe there's a part of her that's like, if I do this and she remembers it, she'd be like, Oh, she did care. Cause it is weird. Cause Amanda's not going to buy any of that. Right. And I don't know why Lily does that in that moment right there's a part of me that goes what if some of that is like now we're bleeding into the the dream and what it looked like and i don't know right because i don't think for a second that lily appreciates what this girl did i think she goes finally i did what rich people always do i made them realize how worthless they are so they can just fucking be a bridge for me to better places I'm not even sure it's that. Like, I don't think I don't think it's a matter of like You think Lily genuinely is like, thank you, sacrificial lamb, thank you. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think it's thanks. I think it's th- I mean it's it's not like thank you. It's thanks and walk I mean, away. Or is it just as simple as she's like, You dumb bitch, now you're also a pillow for me because I'm tired from it's all the more like, <laughs> No, no, it's more like how you treat the it's more like how you treat the FedEx guy when they drop off deliveries. You're like, Thanks. Just lay nuzzle up in his crotch. Thanks, man. Thank no, you. No, I wouldn't go that far. But more just like <laughs> No, the laying down thing is more just like Taking in the scene, right? This is walking through the battlefield post fight. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's more. I was like, you are getting all kinds of like extra hair fibers, right? That'll be on top of layers. This is the thing, man. Movies like this, we've seen too many crime scene shows. Yeah, I mean, outside the logic of like, she definitely would get caught, like without a doubt. Except for they definitely want to put this girl away. Yeah, the other exactly. Girl there's like enough to say. Yeah, yeah. there's a. <laughs> Lily has enough practice as a victim to yeah. play the part. I don't know, man. It's it's such a fascinating movie. I just I love the energy and the vibe. I love everything about this movie. It does <laughs> it leaves a real hollow space in you at the end cuz you're so full of the kind of vibrance of the film. Yeah. And at the end you're just like this piece of shit is walking. Well, this is like, like she's what, just out there doing her thing still, and it kind of is a bummer, man. Right. The I mean, diddler's still out doing his thing. <laughs> she, the murderer's still out doing her thing, and then yep, yep. the girl who just isn't all emotional, yep, is just sitting there writing letters. They get thrown away and dreaming of horseshit. Well, like I would say, this is the thing that I that impresses me the most about thoroughbreds, is that. It's like invisible filmmaking. You know, we always talk about, like, don't show that technique because, like, that's the whole point is, like, not to pretend, not to show technique as a movie. 
and plenty of filmmakers do this, but that's what great filmmaking is. That's what auteur theory is, that kind of thing. What Corey Finley accomplishes in this movie isn't what like you'd say, like invisible cuts and all that kind of shit. He draws attention at the right moments and uses amazing actors, a really tight screenplay, and then also just like this incredible control of the camera mm-hmm. to draw attention when it needs to be drawn attention. Like I love yeah. like he made he's made another he made another movie last year called Bad Education with mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. And uh it was the same way. Like the the it's not even it's strange. Like it's a ten it's tension building without there actually being tension almost. Like it's not the way you traditionally would build tension for a movie like this. So again, that's what makes Thoroughbred so vastly underrated. Like, yeah. God damn it, dude. People have not watched this movie enough. It's, it's really just, good. It's, it's, a, it's so a, good. Other than the ending probably making a big portion of people, like, fucking sad, it's a real <laughs> crowd pleaser, man. And again, I think, again, it's, I, I appreciate, because it is, it's somewhat in your face with the film techniques, right? But it, you appreciate it so much. It's it so can good. be. It's like, you have to see this. You have to see this. It can be, this. but like, this is what may, is because the way that these performances come out, like, it just mm-hmm. buries it so quickly and you're then just in it. Like, yeah. I think that's what makes. Yeah. That's like this alchemy we always talk about. Like, that's the whole point of the show is also, just like, importantly, it's crazy. If you're going to do like the stage play, like, I want to make a cheap movie. It's really important you add some cinematic stank on it. Yeah, like that make really sure you fucking matters. And they did make sure job. you're actually making a movie and not just like yeah. doing, you know. We'll just press the red button on our fucking rehearsals. <laughs> right. Well, this was like, I mean, this was exactly how it was when before Citizen Kane, like people just literally set up a camera, set, like the, the lens was wide, and they just walked in and out of a scene. Yeah. So yeah, no, like that's Corey Finley accomplished. It's just a fucking awesome ride of a movie. That's it for Thoroughbreds. We're off to run and breed in other less icky pastures. That's what we're doing. No, just kidding. Because we're coming right back for uh, Least Diobliques. The Diobliques. The question is, who be them devils, Least Diobliques. Dude, come on. Be more from Indiana right now. I am. The world, Uh, like, like the fucking kids of this movie, the world floats around me. It and is. all your cultures exist to fucking give me American ice. You have to say it. You have to say it like this. You have to. Let you believe. I mean, I can get out one of my fucking darts and like you know smoke while I say it. And be like, Let you believe. Let you believe. Yeah, you know the devils. We'll call it the 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 less horny devils. Let you Not believe. by a lot, but a little bit. So that's it. We've got uh, least the oblique, less the obliques, whatever the fuck. I'm not French. Who cares? And Gone Girl to close out the month. So a lot. Jesus a lot H. of other crimes the pod done that got to be sorted out by the end of the month. Uh, some awesome stuff on Patreon this month, guys. So, again, that's patreon.com slash pod. Go over there. Check out what we're doing. Uh, the support means the world to us, guys. And if you get in, we promise we are always working. We're agile and nimble. We, we are working to make it as awesome as it can be. And your voice will be a part of that. So again, Discord alone is a fun time, man. Come and join us. We have a good time over there. Help us out. Leave those rating and reviews wherever you find the show. Subscribe to the channel, Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media you're on. And that's it, guys. We'll see you next time for the Film Alchemist. I'm Josh Kirby. I'm Alex Dandino. 